morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning. Psalm 118 and 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. Anybody glad that Jesus has risen? Anybody glad about that? Uh, so that would have been all right if I said, do y'all like me? But I said, anybody glad that Jesus is risen? He, he rose from death. He is risen. He is risen. In the early church, when it was quite real for them, the resurrection, they didn't want to forget it. It'd be at the forefront of their mind all the time. And so instead of saying, hey, what up? How you doing? What's good? How are you? They would say, he is risen. And then the next person would say, he is risen indeed. So if you missed that opportunity for us to emulate, if you will, what the early church did, here's another one. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. And indeed, we here at Victory Church believe that he is risen Indeed, we exist at Victory Church to see people reconciled to God, as was mentioned, and to each other. And we do believe that not only did Jesus die and was placed in the tomb, but he got up from that grave. And because he did, it makes all the difference in the lives that we can now live here in the earth. We're excited that he did not stay there in the grave. And maybe you're sitting here today and you don't quite believe that. My prayer sincerely today is that you will experience the love of Jesus Christ, if not already, in a unique and special way. And that the resurrection would be recognized in your life in such a way that it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I realize I'm standing here, uh, the only person in in between you and chicken and waffles. Uh, which is an interesting spot to be in. Uh, the waffles and the toppings, I understand, there's strawberries and whipped cream and all kinds of stuff. The best fried chicken in Charlottesville, um, I think. And, um, but my hope is really by the end of today that there, it'd be a, that the chicken and waffles might even taste better. The fellowship would be that much sweeter because of an increased and maybe newfound appreciation for why we are here to celebrate to begin with. He rose. He rose. He rose. That's why we gather. That's why we worship. That's why we are grateful. His resurrection makes all the difference. This month, for those of us who have been here, we've been in a series called Great Faith. And today, I'd like to extend that that series a bit and and tie it to Resurrection Sunday. So turn with me to two places in your Bible this morning. Uh, firstly, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. And secondly, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. And you did hear that right. 13 through 32. I have rarely, if ever, read that many verses from any stage. Uh, but today we are going to do just that. I'm reminded of ancient times when actually that was the preached word. They'd get up and they'd read and they'd sit down. So we're going to read a few more than a a few verses today. Uh, And as you're turning to that, and it will be on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible with you, Lord, we just want to continue in this worship experience with you in our presence. So as we open up your word, I pray that you open up our eyes as your word says. 
so that we might see all that is in your law. Because unless you open, we can't see. If you don't open our ears, we can't hear. If you don't open and nudge and prick and turn our hearts toward you, God, we can't really receive all that you have for us. Not just for head knowledge, though we appreciate the information, God, but I pray that it would also drop about 18 inches from our head to our heart and be a lived reality, not just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. May we experience the power of your resurrection as you intended. Help us as we studied this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 reads this way. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Turn over now to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. Verse 13 says, Now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? The title of the message this morning is A Difference Maker. A Difference Maker maker. Uh, this year is a particularly, uh, I'll say exciting year for me and us, my wife of 13 years, soon to be 14, uh, because I'm turning the corner on what has been a wonderful 39th year and turning 40 this coming September. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Get to reflect a whole lot on God's goodness. And now I'm just practicing saying it. It's not till September, but I'm getting used to what 40 will, will be like. But I told my bride that, um, and we're pretty low maintenance. If you know us, we're low key. We don't do a lot of big 
sort of celebrations per se, but I said, I'd like to go to New York, back to Belmore, Long Island, Nassau County, where I was born and raised. Um, I'd like to take you guys there. I want you to see the neighborhood, see where I grew up, see what schools I went to. I want to take you to Super Pizza, where the number is 516-785-1894. 30 years later, it sticks. I don't even know my own number today. But I said, I want to take you there, and I want maybe to call some buddies of mine I haven't seen in over 20 years, maybe have their families, kids come out, and we can tell some stories, not all, but some stories about how particularly we might have been slow to believe the guidance, the information we have that was to help us on the road, but God's grace and mercy kept us from some big-time cost in life. Anybody else in here know that there were times in their life that maybe you had the information you needed to do the right thing and you didn't, but somehow you're still sitting here? I kind of want them to hear some of that. And I want to reflect as well on those times in my life. Um, and I believe all of us, whether then, back in the day, or now, certainly have moments where we have all the information we need. But the activation of that information, the faith in that information makes all the difference. As we stated, Jesus rose, y'all. He rose, not just to give us some more information to take in, though a story, a good one it is, not just to give us an opportunity to, 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 to dress up a bit, and y'all look real good out here this morning, uh, but he rose to make a difference. And he gives us that privilege, the, the opportunity, the honor, really, to participate by extending or exercising our faith in such a way that the intended difference that his resurrection was to make for us can do just that. We get that privilege of partnering in ways that doesn't even make sense for him to give us to do. Last week, we talked about Hebrews 11, and, and we listed all of the ancient Israel's heroes of the faith. And, and, and Hebrews 11, in, in essence, really is the honor roll of the faithful. Folks who, who responded to the voice of God with great faith. Hebrews 11 and 2 said they were commended for responding in faith to God's voice. So last week we talked about a guy named Enoch about whom we know very little, but we highlighted that it's not necessarily that you need to wow other people and it's not about the big exploits as much as it is how you walk with God. Great faith, or as we put last week, to please God is to walk with God. And Enoch, again, about whom we know very little, did just that in such a way that he ended up on the honor roll of the faithful in Hebrews chapter 11. And Noah, the verse that we read today out of Hebrews 11, verse 7, he's another person yet of great faith. He walked with God, Genesis 6 and 9 says. And as such, he responded too to God's voice. Didn't matter that people around him were probably oblivious or maybe indifferent to or maybe even mocking the faith that he had to build this ark in the middle of what some scholars suggest had never been rain, other scholars suggest based on in the scripture where it talks the rain coming up on the earth and that maybe it had rained a little, but the bottom line it was nobody was saying, oh yeah, build an ark, that makes sense. Noah exercised his faith in what he heard God say. His, his, his value, what he gave preeminence to was God's voice and not others' opinion. The fear of God for Noah enabled him to overcome the fear of what others might say. And this morning, you might be asking, why are you choosing to go to Hebrews? Luke 24, I get that. John 20, I get that. Matthew 28, I get that. Why this? Well, I, I wanted to at least touch on Hebrews 11 and kind of give a, uh, not a, 
a bookend because we're not done with the book of Hebrews by any stretch, but tie in what we've been talking about over the course of this month because I'm amazed that Noah and all of those on the honor roll of the faithful responded with great faith without having all of the information that you and I have today. The eyewitness account of Good Friday, they didn't have that. The woman who came from the tomb that we'll talk about in a moment didn't have what happened on Resurrection Sunday. All of the canon that we, you and me, call scripture, Noah didn't have it. They didn't have what we read from Luke this morning. Noah had a word from God, and that made all the difference. More information, though helpful it is, and it is helpful, does not make the Christian. I suspect a lot of you can come up here and recite and tell the story, and that is great. Know the story, tell the story. But information doesn't make the Christian. What does is faith. Faith makes the Christian, and it makes all of the difference. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, By faith, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, Noah built an ark to save his family. What is God calling you and me to construct by faith today? And who might be saved by our exercising of our faith and obedience. We know a bit more than Noah did, though. We now have a record of what occurred on Friday. We know that he died a painful, humiliating, excruciatingly painful death on our behalf because of our sin. We have an account now of his body being placed in a tomb. We have an account now of his resurrection. But what remains for us not unlike Noah, is that our faith is the difference maker. He ultimately is the difference maker, but as reference, he gives us the opportunity to participate in the difference maker, making the difference that only he can through faith that he gives us a chance to express for us and for all of those around us. He rose to make a difference. And so now the book of Luke, chapter 24, written by Luke, uh, the beloved physician as is referred to by the Apostle Paul in Colossians 4, if you want to read about their relationship around the 14th verse, he says that it's one of the four gospels in the New Testament that speak to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. It's one half of a kind of a two-volume work of Luke. There's Luke, and then there's the book of Acts. And Luke emphasizes throughout the book that Jesus is our Savior, here to save the entire world. In fact, Luke, of all the gospels, tells most of the parables, as Joseph Williams alluded to before, that speak to the marginalized and the oppressed and how the gospel is there for those individuals as well. He names Theophilus as a recipient of his book, but it's pretty clear and obvious that his audience is much more broad than that. And so here we come to verse 13 of chapter 24 that begins with now that same day. And that same day, for those who may not know some of that story, references when the woman who had pretty much followed him from Galilee and had saw him laid in the tomb had now come back to the tomb. They had prepared all of these uh, perfumes and spices, and they were going back to put them on the body. But they get there, and the stone is rolled away. And they're kind of confused. There's nobody in the tomb. But while they stood there, two men in clothes that gleamed like Lightning, other gospels reference them as angels, stood beside them and says, he is not here. He's risen. And the angel says, remember, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, 
be crucified and on the third day rise again? And scripture says earlier in Luke 24, that they remembered. So they left the tomb. They went back, told all the other 11 disciples and the others that had gathered, but no one believed them. They thought it was nonsense. And when I read that, men, I'll speak to you for like two seconds here. It said to me, we have been knuckleheaded for a long time. I'm the only knucklehead in the room. I have been a knucklehead for a long time. It goes back quite a bit where women would open their mouth and it was thought, oh, why do you have anything to say? I think we ought to get a little bit better about that in our day and time and know that women have something to say. And I think it is not lost on me, to be, to be quite honest, that God allowed for women to be the carriers of this message, the first carriers of the, the message that he had been risen. But I'll move on. That's a conversation for and, and perhaps sermon for another day. But it's not lost on me that the news was carried first by woman. Peter, though, he, he had a little sense about him. He got up and said, okay, I'm going to run and see for myself. <laughs> and so he ran and said, let me just see. I don't quite believe him, but I'm going to go and check it out. Uh, wondering what had happened. And now two of them, we don't know which two uh, could have been of... Uh, believe not necessarily one of the 11 disciples that remained. It could have been one of the many disciples which at that point had gathered. But two of them were now going to a village named Emmaus. In verse 14, it says, they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, verse 15 says, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they didn't recognize him. And Jesus basically came up and said, what are y'all talking about? And they said, what, man, you don't know what happened? Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet the one who was just crucified, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And now it's been three days. I'm going to pause there for a moment because I don't know if you have ever had a moment where you sounded quite like that, where on your respective road of life, you've doubted a promise that God made to you, gave you the information for. And as a result, you've maybe started talking about how you would hope God to have shown up. He promised already, but maybe you said, God, I had hoped that you would have come in and helped me to be debt-free by now. Or God, I had hoped that you would step in and get me through my college experience by now. I had hoped by now, God, you would have dropped a spouse in my lap. God, I had hoped by now, certainly you would have given me the children that I desired. By now, God, I hope that you'd give me the peace that for so long I've desired. By now, God, I hope you would heal my body. And it's been three days. It's been three years. It's been 30 years. God, I had hoped that you would be the one, the redeemer of Israel. I don't know that anybody in here has ever had a moment that like that. I have. And I know in the course of having sort of the I had hoped, in many ways, I, you, if you fall in that boat at times in your life, are implying that there's a loss of hope in the one who said to have hope because of his promises never, never falling short. What are you discussing on your road? What's that conversation look like for you? I'm here to encourage and admonish that he loves you, he cares for you. He's not here to leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors for him, through him who loved us. Settle in in the word that he has. And be careful then 
about how we might discuss, which isn't to say that any one of us at any point in time hasn't been there, and it's why we are victory. We have victory groups similar to the two walking together. We walk together such that when there's a moment like that, the other can say, hey, 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 he promised. He promised. Come on back. He's faithful to his word. Verse 15 says, they talk, they discuss these things with each other, and then Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they didn't recognize him. I get the privilege, I'll say, of walking our two oldest children to school every single day, our two oldest. And when we're walking to school, uh, a number of things happen while we're walking. We're racing, we're, we're picking up dandelions, we're doing all of these different things. And speaking of reminiscing, oftentimes I'll reminisce about when I used to walk to school and when I used to walk to the bus stop and I think to myself, you all will never walk by yourself to school. Maybe grad school, you can walk <laughs> to class. But Lord have mercy, you are not. Oh, as long as I can remember what we did. Uh, but we'll, run, we'll walk to school and sometimes we'll run, we'll, 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 we'll talk about the birds and the kids will often say, Daddy, can we run ahead? Can we go ahead? And I'll say, sure, go ahead, run ahead. And then they'll get to this crosswalk where they have to wait for me to get to them to, to, to cross the street. And they'll look back at me as if to say, we know how to do this. Can we go? And every now and then I'll say, y'all know what to do. And I'll see them look. And they look left, and they look right, and they look all around. They're looking to the other block. They're doing the most. But they're looking everywhere <laughs> across the street. And then finally, they're jetting across the street. And then what they don't know in those moments is that daddy's already looked. There was one time, in fact, that I said to a neighbor, uh, or said to him politely, you know, how you lift up your hand. She said, please stop, my kids. They had no idea. And I think about the times in my own life where I know God was with me, and I wasn't with him. I wasn't walking. I had no idea. But he was, he was looking out. He was looking out for me. And, and the truth of the matter is he's been there for you, whether you realize it or not. He has made the difference for you and for me, whether or not we realize it, particularly during those times where we have not even been with him. God is like, Huh? Uh huh. Let him go. Cross that street. Make it through that car accident, shootout, you name in your life, whatever it looks like for you, where you know, and maybe again, this is something that you're not quite believing in, but I think we could all, if we sit back and reflect on our own lives, think of moments where we're like, huh, somebody was there. <laughs> somebody, somebody was there. And that's all that we think about. We have no idea of the moments. For the times he was with us and we don't even recognize that he was. And every day I'm asking God now, forgive me for the times that I have said verbally or through my behavior. I had hoped, God, that you would help us like Noah, who didn't even have all the information that we have to respond in faith to what you've said. Verse 25 says, Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? I don't know about you, but God will speak to me in different ways. One of which that gets me every time is like, man, over 1,400 years, 40 different writers, three different continents, this scripture was written. For it to come together like it does for hundreds of years prior to these events to have occurred, to occur in the ways historians say, yep, it did. <laughs> Amazed. Did not the Messiah say these things? 
Verse 27 says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus then explained to him that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He rose to make a difference for you and for me. And just like Noah, and his faith in what he heard and he knew, it's our faith too that activates all of the difference that can be made in our life. Where is your faith this morning? Because he rose to make a difference. Information is so good. I consume it. You consume it. We're scrolling every day. It's not a bad thing. We have more information, way more than Noah had. And it ought to help us. It ought to uh, 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 remind us, if you will, why we're here to celebrate what we're celebrating. That additional information that he didn't have is why we're here today. It's why we're going to grub on some chicken and waffles in a moment. And it's going to taste even better with the knowledge of him having been risen. But information doesn't make the Christian faith. It makes all of the difference. And I know, and I know you know, there's a lot more difference to be made in this world. A lot more difference to be made in our country. Lord knows Sri Lanka and praying for them this morning. I sent a message as a side note to a former student of mine who I know is from Sri Lanka and her family's from Sri Lanka. So there, there's room for a lot of difference to be made on so many fronts in our world. In Charlottesville, dare I say, there is a lot of difference to be made. And the same power that enabled the tomb to be empty when the woman went there with their spices the same power that enables the tomb to be empty today is the same power that today you and I get to live with and in such that we can make a difference. And might I declare by the word of God that that is how we are going to make a significant difference. But it starts with how we discuss him on our road. It starts with how our faith in the story that we've described is believed to be true. It starts with our having a new conviction in your response when I say he is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And fortunately, God is good in his grace as we close. In that he gives us a minute or two or 10,000 minutes to catch up and realize who he is. A text says that when Jesus was continuing on as if he were going farther, it says in verse 28, they urged him strongly, stay with us. And so he went in upon their invitation to stay with them. I mean, no, Jesus is not a bully. We talked to our leadership team here. We said, we, we're not bullies. Jesus, he's a gentleman. He just invites us to invite him to stay with us. Verse 31 says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him after they invited him in. So I encourage you to spend some time with him. Open up this Bible every single day of the week. Spend some time in prayer. Get on the prayer call. Join a victory group and watch God open your eyes up to the reality of his presence more and more. Watch as the difference maker himself shows up in your life as you respond in faith to that which he has spoken. He rose to make a difference. Information, faith. I declare today we'll be a people of faith because we want to see a difference made in our community. So the challenge today for all of us is not just to be more informed, challenges for us to be more faithful, F-U-L-L, more full of faith in the Jesus that we speak of and about whom we just read. I imagine a more faithful people, people here in Charlottesville who says the same Jesus 
who conquered death and the grave lives in me? Like now, in my family's life that's, that's chaotic, in my parents' health that seems to be on a decline, in my community that just seems jacked up from the flow up, in my workplace that seems to be turned upside down, that same power that conquered death and the grave, yeah, tell me how that doesn't win. God, help me to be available, to extend my faith, and to build something, even when others might say, why do you need an ark now? I imagine that, not just in this Victory Church, but the larger C Church, the larger city of Charlottesville more broadly. And I pray that you too, whether you know Jesus or you have questions, don't care for him, mad at him, came because somebody said, you need to go to church today. It's that one time. My prayer is that you'll experience him in a way that transforms your life, which only the love of Jesus can do, and that you'll live in such a way that his resurrection isn't just a story, but that you can live in the victory that his resurrection was intended for us to live in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this day.